Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. This is part two of a discussion on dealing with clutter. I shared in the last episode about how I used to be drowning in clutter in my own home, unable to keep even my bedroom clean before we had kids. Now, three kids later, things definitely did not improve, but there reached a point where I said, either a ton of our stuff has to go or I have to go. Well, maybe not exactly, but it really felt like that. And in the last episode, I shared about the importance of having systems for things that come into our house that don't have a designated home. And today I'm going to talk about how to actually go about tackling a big purge and how to change our mindset about how we acquire things. And at the very end, I'm going to talk about a few classic purging mistakes. So first of all, unless you are a true minimalist, there's a solid chance you have too much stuff. I know I do. I still do. I am preaching to the choir here. So I do think the best way to begin to deal with the everyday clutter in our homes is to do a major purge. But most of us don't have the luxury of a few focus days to spend on purging. But if you can dedicate a weekend, a spring break, or some chunk of time to this, you will be so thankful. A few years ago, my parents took our two oldest girls for a few nights, and my husband and I literally worked nonstop the entire time they were gone. And there was this small part of me that was like, well, I could have just laid on the couch and binge watched Netflix, but I am still benefiting from that purge years later. For me, purging sometimes feels like a major purge and then some seasonal upkeep. Every time we change seasons and we go through the kids' clothes or our gear or whatever it is, getting rid of some of those things, we realize we've outgrown this. This is old or broken or we just didn't use this this season. So that can always be a great time to start purging. And there are a few schools of thought on this. Some people say to dedicate a big focus chunk of time and others say purge as you go. And I do a bit of both, which I will start to explain. So I'm not a purging expert, and I'm definitely not a minimalist, but my home for the most part is pretty tidy, and we have three young kids, so we're definitely not winning any awards, but compared to where we were, this is a transformation. So how do you even start with a purge? First of all, I think it helps to know where to start and what questions to ask yourself along the way. So personally, I like to start in one of three places, the kitchen or the bathroom, as there's likely less sentiment attached to those areas, or a space in your home that is driving you crazy and you are very motivated to tackle. And this doesn't have to be an entire room. This could be a closet. This could be a pantry. Something to start giving you a little bit of motivation with a little win. So with the kitchen, for myself, I had an entire set of cutlery that I would only use once or twice a year for large gatherings. But 
I stored this set in the kitchen next to my everyday set. It just meant that there was too much cutlery. Everything in my cutlery drawer was cluttery. And if you want to say that 10 times fast, cluttery, cutlery, cluttery, never mind. Anyways, I still kept the set. I just moved it out of my main kitchen drawers into another storage space in the basement. And mugs. This, honestly, mugs has been such a transformational moment for me. I was excited to get rid of the mugs I didn't really like, you know those gift mugs, and store a few extras for large parties. Now, every time I have my morning coffee, I really do experience joy drinking it out of one of my favorite mugs. And I actually have another mug that I like having just for my afternoon coffee. So as you approach your kitchen, begin to ask the questions, do I need or use this? If the answer is no, then get rid of it. Don't store what you don't need or use, especially in our kitchens where there's these very specialty items that maybe you would use once a year or you've realized, I got that as a wedding gift and I've actually never used it. I've just stored it. I'm going to say that again because this is key. We often just end up storing things just in case, but it doesn't make any sense to store what we don't actually use. And it doesn't make any sense to store what we don't need. Sometimes we have these specialty items or these things that we were given as a wedding present and we've stored them because we got it from Aunt Susie, but we never really were into squeezing lemons. So we don't need that lemon squeezer thing or whatever the thing might be that you just don't use. So I find if I can start with easy things, then it helps build a purging momentum. If there is an item that has expired or been damaged, that is the best place for me to start. Were you given something as a gift that you don't really like or you never use? Then get rid of it. And I know the gift thing can be awkward and maybe you need to keep the crystal vase that your mother-in-law gave you, but can you store it in the garage and maybe pull it out when she comes to visit? And these same questions apply to the bathroom. Do you need this item? Do you use this item? So I have found one of the biggest obstacles when it comes to purging is that we keep things just in case. Now, I would say having children's medication I keep just in case they get sick makes sense. But keeping 12 children's medicine dropper syringes just in case I lose them and I need one, that doesn't really make sense. So do you have a bunch of something that you just kept that maybe you only really need one or two? Another question I like to ask myself when purging is... Whether I'm moving things every day to get to the things that I actually need. And maybe I don't have to get rid of those things, but maybe some things have been stored improperly. I want the best space to be given to the everyday items I use. I recently had this experience um, as I purged my makeup bag. I just found that I was digging through my makeup bag through all the stuff that I might wear on occasion for the things that I wore every day. And so I just pulled out all of my everyday items. I put them into another makeup bag and I thought, if I need some of those other specialty items and I find that I use them regularly, I can transfer them over. But now I have a really simple makeup bag of just the things I use every day. And this is sort of the mindset shift where we realize how am I wasting time throughout the day going through or moving things that maybe don't really need to be in that space. I've shared with you 
One of the theme verses for this podcast is Romans 12 2, and I think it applies here as well. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How can your mind be renewed when it comes to the stuff in your house? And I think that makeup bag is an example, the cutlery or the mugs, all of those things that I had just been living in a certain way because I unpacked the house or I didn't really think about it any differently. My husband recently just got rid of a large plank of wood he had been storing in the garage just in case. Now, he finally realized that he's not that guy, the handy guy that builds things with wood. He doesn't even have the tools to build anything. And if for some reason his personality and skills totally changed and he became that guy, he could acquire the piece of wood he needed for the job. Now, during our big purge a few years ago, I got rid of my skateboarding shoes and my sparkly shirt for going dancing. These items definitely represented my past and not my present or my future. And sometimes we hold on to things because of the memories they hold. And these items are often the hardest to part with. This is where asking the right questions again comes into play. Will getting rid of this item take away the memories from that experience? This has helped me greatly as I often overspent at tacky souvenir shops during various vacations in my early 20s. I didn't want to get rid of those items as they represented those trips, but the items were pretty ugly and didn't give me any joy, so I wouldn't display them. What good does it do for an item to be stored away only to be looked at when I move? And getting rid of the item doesn't take away from the incredible memories I have from those trips. If I want to remember the item itself, I can take a picture and then I have it forever next to the 40,000 other photos that I have floating in the cloud, which I think brings up another great point. We try so hard to capture and create special memories of things that have happened in the past, but do we ever really go back and look at those pictures or watch those videos? If something really is special, we want to be able to look at it to remind us of the special time then we can find a way to display those things in a special way instead of throwing them in a box for our kids or grandkids to deal with. And I really hope this is not coming across as too harsh. I just think so many of us are drowning in our stuff and we don't really know how to get out. And sometimes getting rid of our stuff can feel like we're throwing away money. And I get that. It is hard to let go of things that are valuable. But if we don't really like them or we can't use them or don't use them, then we're weighted down by them. And I have gone the route of swap sites and Craigslist and tried to redeem some of the money, but personally, I haven't had a lot of luck and I don't enjoy that process. So I often end up just drawing out the purging process unnecessarily. I may do a quick post on Facebook and see if someone is interested in the item, but more often than not, I simply donate it. So I hope those thoughts on purging are helpful and I want to move on to the last of the three key aspects I wanted to address when it came to physical clutter. The whole purging conversation is actually incredibly pointless if we don't also address our buying habits. Again, this is where I believe this Romans 12 verse comes into play. We need our minds renewed about what actually comes into our house because of our own purchases. 
When I had my first daughter, I think I had a panic about stuff and being able to afford a baby and all that they seemed to need. I, I felt that settle in over me. And I had people offer me hand-me-downs and I said yes to absolutely everything, which ended up being a little bit of a disaster as I then had to wade through what was actually worth keeping and then I was responsible to get rid of the rest. I would then hit up this local swap meet where I could buy other people's stuff super cheap. I would come home saying, I didn't even know what I was looking for, but look at all these bags of things I got at such a great deal. The rate at which stuff was entering our house was a bit crazy. And then I discovered the end of season sale and began to buy clothes for the following season for my children at the end of the last one. But I didn't really love these clothes. And to be totally honest, I think I just liked the deal. And when it came time for my kids to wear these clothes, either wearing the hand-me-downs, the swap meet clothes, or the end of season clothes, I didn't really like what they were wearing. They had drawers and closets that were literally overflowing, but nothing that gave me joy. And I thought there had to be a better way. I'm going to talk in later episodes about how we make decisions about how we spend our time. But for now, I will say I essentially stopped shopping. I realized I simply went shopping out of habit. And it was a thing I did when I had me time. And it took a while for me to realize I didn't really like it. It didn't really fill me up. In fact, it depleted me emotionally and financially. But what I did like was the deal. It was the deal that got me. I would receive these emails from popular brands telling me I was missing out if I didn't get to their store that day. But occasionally when I went to these stores, they would hand me a special coupon with the word bucks on it. And it made me feel like they were giving me money and it would be wrong of me financially if I didn't go there at the timely fashion, whatever that um, sale was on, I felt like I'd be losing money. So I needed my mind renewed in this area. If I wanted to reap the benefits of the big purge, I couldn't continue to bring things into my house I didn't need and couldn't really afford. This was a hard lesson to learn and I still relearn it sometimes because old habits die hard. But not going to the store not only frees some time up for me to do something much more life-giving, I have additional time as often I would have some sort of return to make which would give me another errand and add to my to-do list. Not having returns is the best part of not shopping. And honestly, if I didn't change my my shopping habits, we would be right back where we started. And I think in many ways, the reason I would go buy so many things for my kids was really out of fear. Fear that I was somehow missing out on a good deal. I had a little shopping FOMO and fear that Somehow, if I didn't get what we needed for the future, I wouldn't be prepared. And fear is also one of those, the many reasons so many of us have trouble purging in the first place. We get faced with the what ifs. What if I need that thing in the future? What if the style comes back in? What if it's worth a lot of money one day? What if I let go of it and then I need it? It's amazing the amount of what ifs actually don't come to pass. But we can live there. We can make our home on what if island and wrap ourselves in fear of the future. But that is no way to live, my friends. That is not thriving. And if you have something you are really wrestling with letting go of, just sit on it for a while. 
There's no need to rush here. Often though, when I have struggled to release something, it is because of one of the fears I just mentioned. And once I actually let go of the item, I'm amazed at how light I feel and I wonder why it took me so long. I won't lie and say that purging is an easy process. It isn't. And changing our mindset about how we acquire things isn't easy either. It is a process, but it is worth it. I was out a few weekends ago, and when I got home, I noticed that we had quite a few new toys and some random items in our house. And it was a sweet neighbor girl who was purging her own stuff. She handed these things over the fence to my kids. Now, it wasn't necessarily junk, but we definitely didn't need all of it. And this is just life. I can't control everything, and I don't try to. We don't live in a huge space, and so it's very easy for every available surface to get piled up with stuff. And it does. But I'm no longer overwhelmed by it. Now I know what to do. I have the tools. I know how to purge. I know how to deal with clutter. And before we go on, I promise I'd share a few tips and some classic purging mistakes. A few extra tips. Don't store junk. If you know you aren't going to use it, don't store it. You will likely not have a personality makeover. If you don't like the item now, you probably won't later. When you've bagged or boxed up your item to donate, take it directly to your car, not to the garage, and drop it off as soon as possible. Items that you aren't sure about can go in a bag or a box in the garage, and if you haven't thought about that item in a month, get rid of it. Also, leaving things in the house or the garage is just basically setting ourselves up to fail, especially if it's things that our kids or our spouse may find. But don't purge someone else's stuff. Talk about breaking trust. It's more work, but worth it to have the hard conversations and walk others through the purging process. And this includes our kids. I've found that slowly but surely getting my kids in on the process, they've actually enjoyed it and they've realized, I no longer use this item, I don't need this item, or maybe another kid could benefit uh, from enjoying this item. It may take others a while to appreciate the benefits of purging, But when you lead by example, when your space and areas are clean and clear and everybody enjoys those benefits, they'll also be more likely to hop on board. I hope you've enjoyed this little few days on uh, purging the physical clutter out of our lives. I hope these two days have helped move you closer from surviving to thriving. The last thing I want to share with you today is... I want to give you a little activation. I want to give you a little encouragement. If you have been inspired or encouraged in this episode to begin to tackle an area of clutter in your home, I want you just to do it. Pick a small space that you feel like could help build some momentum in clearing out the clutter in your house. So like a drawer in your bathroom. Start there or a shelf or a cupboard. Some place where you know you can get rid of expired things, things you don't use very regularly regularly or never use and just start there and use that success to help build momentum as you start to tackle different areas in your house. I hope this has been helpful. And if this if this has worked for you and you're starting to purge and declutter, please send me a DM um, over at Instagram, Jacqueline.Widener. Take care. Thanks for joining me today. If you'd like to connect more, you can find me hanging out on Instagram at Jacqueline.Widener. This has been an Extend Network production.